Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab a large four-topping pizza for only $11.99 at Domino's.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Order our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings. Plus, make sure to try our marble cookie brownie for dessert. Check out all the great deals at Domino's.ca. Tom takes the step, looks to the left, Ooh. throws it again for Hogan, this time wide open, <laughs> twisting to the catch for a touchdown, a Patriots, takes the snap, his first pass, in trouble, and Beasley, oh my goodness, this is, is that fumble. a fumble, it is, Trufant's got it at the 10, 5, touchdown Atlanta, Aaron Rodgers got blasted, the kick is up, he's got plenty of distance, he missed it, and he missed he it. Missed it. He missed the kick. Oh, 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 you are looking live at Marshawn Lynch <laughs> dancing to the music during the timeout. Quirky, unpredictable, entertaining, authentic. With your inside look at everything football, it's TSN Four Downs with Andy McNamara, brought to you by Domino's. It is week three in the National Football League. Welcome to TSN 4 Downs. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. Follow us on Twitter at TSN 4 Downs. Myself at AndyMC81. I'm Andy McNamara. Boy, do we have a big show for you today, folks. Huge show. Almost too much show. Producer Mike Skrizniak on the ball this week, man. Wow. We have ESPN fantasy football analyst Mike Clay. Take advantage, ladies and gentlemen. For your fantasy football questions, any tips or advice you might need, you can tweet us at Mike Clay, at AndyMC81, and at TSN4Downs. We'll answer some of your questions when Mike joins us in about 15 minutes' time. Then, very outspoken, and I'm fascinated to chat with this guy. He and Fahey, contributor for ESPN and presnapreads.com. He'll join us in a half-hour time with Kean. We'll get into uh, the President of the United States, a little outspoken. It made, made some noise late last night. We'll talk to him about that and also get into all the storylines of week three. And, of course, with Mike Clay, the fantasy implications of, well, I don't know, uh, Sam Bradford out again. What does that mean to the four or five stars, fantasy stars, on the Vikings that you have? And we'll get into all that with, with Mike Clay. I also have my sleeper picks later on in the show for your daily and league play. Well, let's bring in Mike Skrizny. Skrizzy, uh, the Thursday nighter, I don't know if we've ever seen a game that had such little hype going in and such low expectations of the Rams and the 49ers. Like, I thought, oh, boy, we're going to see, like, a Buffalo Carolina from last week, like a 9-3 snoozer. Highest scoring game in Thursday night history, 41-39. Not, not only the highest scoring game, first time ever, a 41-39 final. Crazy. Just crazy. It, you know what? Jared Goff, he's coming out, man. He's it, he's balling. Here's why, though. Here is why. And here's something he did not have last year that I think is the big difference. And you're also seeing it with the Denver Broncos. When you have a complimentary running game, a truly, uh, like, like actually not just handing off the ball and saying, all right, hey, we're gaining three yards of carry, but an actual dominant running game, that helps out the quarterback so much like it's it's easy to say, but when you actually see it done, that's why you're seeing Jared Goff and Trevor Simeon look a hell of a lot better than they did last year. And Todd Gurley, oh my! Like you t- we talk about the underwhelming performances of star running backs to start this year, Todd Gurley, 
early on comeback player of the year, I think, performance-wise. Like, three touchdowns, 113 on the ground. Another 36 in the air, he caught a TD, too. Whew. Well, that's what happens when you lose Jeff Fisher and his offensive... Uh, I'm so happy. say creativity. I'm so <laughs> happy that Jeff Fisher is not in the NFL as a head coach anymore. Same. So terrible. I don't think there was a more overrated coach, maybe in the history of the National Football League, than Jeff Fisher. Mr. 7-9. and nine. Rex Ryan? Rex, yeah. yeah, maybe. At least Rex kind of like... At least Jeff Fisher got to a Super Bowl. He did, but then he was like Mr. 7-9 and nine after that. And he kept his job forever. But now he's done. And Jared Goff, 292 yards, three touchdowns. Here's what stands out to me, though. No interceptions. The young quarterback is stepping up. And it, again, goes back to that complimentary running game. Defenses have to remain honest. They have to respect Todd Gurley. And that gives Jared Goff more time. That allows him to dump it off. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, how sick in your stomach did it make you feel that two of your former receivers last year, Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins, both went for over 100 receiving yards, and Sammy had two TDs? I really hope Sammy's okay, though. That hit that he took yeah. late in the game. Yeah. Looks like he had a pretty bad concussion. Like, the way he walked off was pretty scary. You hope he's okay because... This is the first time we've seen the Rams look like an actual offense. It's the highest scoring game they've had since their greatest show on turf in 2000 with Kurt Warner, Marshall Falcon Company. So it's been a while. The greatest show on turf, 2.0? We'll see if Sammy can get back. They're going to need him to do that. But I want to bring down this Rams love, though, because the two of the victories came against the Colts and the 49ers. Yes. That's where I was going to go next. The Niners 0-3. And Brian Hoyer, if nothing else, is a gamer. Right? Like, this guy, he, he has ice water in his veins. He doesn't get rattled. He'll throw a bad pick, sometimes several, and he'll march back. Like, we've seen him do it multiple times in his career. For him to put up and lead the offense to 39 points. Now, Carlos Hyde had two uh, rushing touchdowns on the ground. So, for your fantasy teams, nice to, to see Carlos Hyde bust out a little bit. But for Brian Hoyer, that is the type of production or or leadership. Now, Brian Hoyer doesn't need to throw for 330 yards for that San Francisco offense to be better than it was last year under Kyle Shanahan because he had that chemistry with Shanahan when he was with the Browns a couple years ago. But you, you have Hoyer, and you see again, when you have a running game where, now, Hyde wasn't dominant the same way as Gurley was, but from the goal line, right? He was he was able to, to pound it in and, and be effective. Just don't have a whole lot of weapons. Pierre Garçon, 142 yards. Great game for him. But outside of that, like you look at who Hoyer has to throw with. Marquise Goodwin, he's probably a better track and field athlete. Yeah, that guy <laughs> right? has that guy has boxing clothes when he plays. He just has no hands. Oh. Okay, I got a question for okay. you with some of these Niners and Rams players. Okay. Aside from Todd Gurley, because you're gonna keep him all year. Oh yeah. Would this be the time now to trade Carlos Hyde, a Pierre mm. Garcon, a Sammy Watkins? Because like, they're not going to have these type of opportunities. I don't think they're going to have... When's the next time you're going to see Pierre Garçon go for 140 yards? Well, that's it. Now, the only side I would is say to that is... Is this Pierre Garçon or Carlos Hyde is what I'm asking? <laughs> if, it's, if it's PPR, I, I'd probably hold on to Garçon. Because he's like their only target. Right? But for Carlos Hyde... I, I don't know, Scrizz. Like, depends what you get back. Like, If you're deep at running back, sure. But we know how difficult it is to find a, a true number one running back that is not in some sort of committee in the NFL today. But let's, okay, let's say Hyde's your RB2, mm-hmm. and you have a guy like maybe Tevin Coleman on your bench, maybe okay. a Joe Mixon or a, like a Gio Bernard, something like Hold that. On to a guy that could be 
waiting in the wings. And you can get something back for And him. you need a receiver, for example. Yeah, maybe too. Like, depends. If Watkins comes back, we know how much of a Band-Aid he's been through his career. So now's the time, yeah, I'd say to try to sell high on Sammy Watkins. Now, if it comes out he's going to miss a lot of time with concussions, you're not getting, not going to really get anything out of that. But uh, So, great Thursday nighter, man. Uh, our poll question today at TSN 4 Downs. At AndyMC81. And guys, we are delivered by Domino's. And I got to tell you, it's till Sunday. So till tomorrow, the national carryout sale at Domino's.ca. So here's what you get. And Scriz, I know you're going to be jumping all over this. It's a buy one, get one free. Free pizza. Yeah, that's what Domino's does for us. Domino's gives free pizza. National carryout sale. You buy a pizza, order online for carryout, and you get a pizza of equal or lesser value for free. I did it last night. Kids were coming home. They had some activities. Got a couple medium pizzas. It's beautiful. So it ends tomorrow, though. So go to dominoes.ca today. Well, let's go to our Twitter poll here. And the winless teams in the NFL that remain are interesting in that, okay, there's still several. We're entering week three. But which one is going to get their first win? Which one's going to get that first W potentially on Sunday? Here are the options. For at TSN four downs at Andy MC eighty one, the Giants, the Browns, the Colts, or the Saints. So which team, which winless team is going to get their first W? And we had on Twitter some nice, nice chirping scrizz between the Giants and uh, and Eagles fans, which is uh, is to be expected. Oh, surprising! Yeah. <laughs> Eagles and Giants fans not liking each other. <laughs> Have uh, from at Ginger underscore Eagle. That is a great handle. At Ginger underscore Eagle says, "Who voted for the Giants, Philly?" For seven is going to eat them alive. Hashtag fly, Eagles fly. And then we had it from at Merrick Dan going off about how the Giants are going to surprise and are going to jump up and, and bite them. And it, with Odell Beckham Jr., we know his big playability as he's shaken off all the rust. Uh, which way are you voting, Chris, for the, the team most likely to break that goose egg and get their first win? You're going to love this. Oh, boy. I hate this. Yeah. But I said the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, there the you first go. time they're favored on the road since what, like 1962? I think no. I think honestly, it was. <laughs> I heard. I think it was like since 2004 or something. Like it's for like, it's been but, for real a long time. The Colts are so bad. <laughs> they're so. But hey, what about Jacoby Brissett? Another week in that offense. I don't care. Now, he looks like he's he's mobile, but he always looks like he's running through mud. He's like. <laughs> Like he's pulling a tractor behind him or something. Well, he's also gassed by the second quarter because he has to run for his life every play. Yeah. With that lack of O-line. Terrible offensive line. But Jacoby Brissett, a little bit of an unknown. And the Browns, here, two dark horses, and we'll get into this later. For Browns receivers, Rashard Higgins, they call him Hollywood, and off the practice squad, Jordan Leslie. You know how many, what percentage he was owned in Yahoo League, Chris? Minus six. Zero! And for good it's reason. higher than I thought. He was... <laughs> He was on the street. He say, he tweeted out. He's like, yeah, I was on my brother's couch, and then I got the call. I'm coming back. But he was a preseason MVP. Don't know why he was cut. But you have chem- – now, remember, Deshaun Kaiser was not getting all the starter reps during camp. So the backups build chemistry with other – what? Backups, right? And that's why when you see backup quarterbacks come in, it's often that the third or fourth targets, typically for the starter, ball out at first. Because they have the chemistry. So Jordan Leslie, Rashard Higgins against that Colts defense might be some nice deep sleeper picks for you. Might be some good Hollywood Higgins, picks. eh? Holly- oh, goodness. Is there a sadder nickname if you're like cut and put on the practice squad? My name's Hollywood. It's like, get, get, get out of here. Go. Go. 
Uh, we'll get to in. Uh, we'll make our big three picks in the last segment of the show. London game, first London game, nine thirty a.m. kickoff. We got that for you here on TSN ten fifty as well. We're going to take the break. Come back. We're going to talk some fantasy football with ESPN fantasy analyst Mike. Clay, you got fancy football questions? You can tweet us right now at TSN4Downs, at AndyMC81. Mike Clay, next on TSN4Downs. Simeon's under center. Boots after the play flake. He's got a wide open receiver. Emmanuel Sanders at the goal line. Touchdown, Denver. Chiefs give it up to Kareem Hunt. He stays on his feet, grinding, grinding, grinding. Touchdown, Kansas City. And Kareem Hunt, his second touchdown of the second half. Derek at a sprint right. Throw, end zone, caught. Michael Crabtree, hat trick, his third of the day. Give it to me again. Oh, time for some fantasy football talk here on TSN 4 Downs. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Follow us on Twitter at TSN 4 Downs, myself at AndyMC81. Stay tuned, folks, because I will tell you how you can win some free Domino's pizza. Just for listening, visit dominoes.ca today. Okay, let's go to ESPN fantasy football analyst Mike Clay. Thrilled to have him on. Mike, how's it going, man? Going pretty well. Week three here, we're uh, we're rolling along. Oh, Getting going. I, yeah, absolutely. I want to start with the Minnesota Vikings because we saw last week and the alert popped up on my phone and Bradford's out and I, I, I lunged, I, I put alarms out on Twitter like, bench every Viking you can. Case Keenum is going to be in there again, Bradford out. What does this mean for a second week for the likes of Thielen, Diggs, Rudolph, and Dalvin Cook? Yeah, you mean Thielen and Diggs? Uh, two top ten fantasy wide receivers yeah. so far. Right? How about that? That's a that's about as much of a surprise as uh, Jermaine Curse there, the Jets receiver sitting at number five overall. So uh, <laughs> kind of a, a shocker out of the gate here. But um, yeah, it's it's obviously not not ideal. Sam Bradford is is not great, but he's he's a solid quarterback. Uh, going to Case Keenum, who's a, a an obvious backup, is a downgrade. We saw that in play last week. Um, and it's not going to be a, a walk in the park with the matchup against the Bucks this week, even at home. So I downgraded these guys quite a bit. I think Diggs is a is a wide receiver three, still a very good football player. And, and Adam Thielen, you know, he has a higher floor than he did last year where he was my, uh, kind of boom bust because they moved him to the, the slot this year, and he's doing a lot of underneath work so he can get, him the fo- get the football in his hands a lot like they can Kyle Rudolph. So Rudolph, uh, still a starting option. I think Thielen's a flex option. Diggs a wide receiver three and Cook. Uh, again, you downgrade a few spots, but in season long, that doesn't matter. You're still going to start him. He's, he's playing too well to put him on your bench. Right. In conversation with Mike Clay of ESPN on Twitter, at Mike Clay. Now, Mike, typically we go into seasons and it's, all right, you know what, draft your quarterback wherever. You're going to be able to get great value late. But I guess as well with the star running backs, it's been a slow start for a lot of these guys. Like Marcus Mariota was supposed to be a, a darling, and we've seen drop-offs from Russell Wilson. Like, What do you make of the, the early struggles from many quarterbacks that we thought were going to get off to better starts? Well, I mean, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, uh, they're, they're known uh, slow starters. Mm-hmm. That's been a, a trend now for a couple of years. So uh, I think there's a shot Cousins gets rolling against Oakland at home this week. They have a few problem areas defensively. They've certainly done better than I expected on that side of the ball, but uh, it's still early, and, and those voids that you would imagine will be exploited at some point. So I think Cousins will get going. Same thing with Wilson again. He He's probably going to throw a lot of passes at Tennessee this week. That's a, a decent defense, but, uh, again, he's known for them slow starts, adds points with his legs. Uh, and Mariota, I, you know, I wasn't really buying into onto the hype. You know, he's he's been too, 
inconsistent so far in his career. I mean, even last year, uh, it's, it's kind of weird how we pick and choose things to, to focus on. And mm-hmm. a lot of the focus across the community in the offseason was on that stretch he had, like six games where he just destroyed the NFL and was awesome. But, you know, the schedule was historically easy. You look <laughs> at the first four weeks or so, he, he really didn't, was not good. And then the, down the stretch last year was not good. You know, we have to see it consistently week out, week in, week out. Uh, and that has not been the case just yet. Again, an obvious tough matchup against Seattle this week as well. Who are some of your, your sleeper running backs going into this week, uh, Mike? Because, again, it's, if, you have, if it's league-wide and you drafted Le'Veon Bell first or second overall, duh, you're obviously going to start them. But maybe more for, for daily. Is there any value guys that you're seeing this week with matchups that you like? Um, I mean, I, I think I, this is this is a popular take, but it's an obvious one, so it has to be mentioned. Uh, Theo Riddick for the Lions. Mm. Uh, the Falcons just have been so good against perimeter receivers for years now with Desmond Trufant and, and Alfred on the outside, uh, and they've been very generous to pass catching running back as a result. So that's, that's obviously where Theo Riddick fits in. He's already heavily involved. I mean, the guy has barely touched the ball this year and is a top 25 fantasy running back, so uh, you, you want to fire him up for sure. He's a good target uh, in that Lions offense. I actually... You know, I'll say this. I think it's a good week, in, especially in daily, to spend up at running back. Uh, I was building a lineup for a sports center segment the other day, and I actually even put a running back in the flex. I used Carlos Hyde there uh, because oh, nice. you, you, you can get values at, at other positions, like Deshaun Jackson with Mike Evans on Xavier Rhodes. You look at a guy like Deshaun Jackson against Trey Waynes on the other side, and that's a, that's a spot where they're going to attack. So. Uh, I, I like him a lot. Uh, you know, if he plays Terrence Williams, a deep sleeper, again, opposite Dez against Justin Bethel, whereas Dez is going to be on Patrick Peterson. You can find some discounts if you look at the cornerback uh, wide receiver matchups. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think if you can spend up on, on your, your bell, Ajayi, guys like that this week are going to be looking good. In conversation with Mike Clay from ESPN on Twitter, at Mike Clay. Mike, we have the... Miami Dolphins going in to face the New York Jets, and whenever you have a terrible team, the, the temptation is to load up on the opposition. Are you going heavy on Dolphins this week, from Cutler to Ajay to, well, Devontae Parker's questionable, but uh, Landry, are, are, are you going heavy Dolphins? I'm going heavy on Ajay for sure. Mm. It's a great matchup on the road. Assuming he's able to go, just keep an eye on that. He's questionable. Uh, but my, I mean, if they, if they do what we think they're going to do and they get the lead in this game and it's already a conservative run heavy offense, uh, there might not be many opportunities for Cutler. You know, you need like a, an early touchdown or two from your receiver in order to pay dividends, uh, if the game script is, is not going in their favor and they're running the ball in the second half. So, uh, not to mention that Parker and Landry are both questionable as well. We need to keep an eye on those guys. So yeah, technically it's a good matchup, but you have to bake in some volume and that just may not be there in this game. So start them, yes, but, in daily could be a bit of a trap. And what about tight end? We talk about injuries there. Gronk, he's coming back, says he's healthy, but the groin, and we know that at any time he can go down, and we see sprinkling of, of injuries throughout from an already pretty thin fantasy position group there. I'm liking Martellus Bennett this week with the question marks to Cobb and Nelson and how effective they're going to be against a terrible Cincinnati team. Where are you going tight end? Uh, well, first of all, I think that I think the Bengals defense will bounce back a little bit. I don't know if this is the week going into Green Bay, but uh, <laughs> they, have some, they have some talent on that side of the ball. Uh, yeah, but I do agree with you. I in that lineup I just mentioned, I actually stacked Bennett with Rodgers for similar reasons. Hmm. You know, they have injury, injury to Cobb and Cincinnati. Like I just said with Atlanta, those two teams are kind of coupled together in this department. 
outstanding shutting down perimeter receivers for years now. So that that suggests Rodgers is probably going to keep it inside in this game, and that sets up nicely for Bennett. But, uh, again, you mentioned all the injuries at tight end. There's other names here. Jared Cook and Jesse James jump out, two very good mm-hmm. offenses. They are running almost all of the routes in these offenses. They haven't done a ton. Well, James had the big week one, came back to earth last week, but Cook has not really broken out despite seeing almost a 20% target share in this Raiders offense. Those two guys are in my top 10 this week. Bennett just outside. They're, they're close. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's, some, there's some intriguing, we'll say, third-tier tight ends uh, right now, and that's good news because of the, all the injuries at the top. And, Mike, we got a, a couple questions on Twitter here, and you can tweet Mike at Mike Clay, at AndyMC81, and the show at TSN4Downs. This one coming from Jeremy. It says, uh, rest of the season, uh, half PPR league, are you going Keenan Allen or T.Y. Hilton? Uh, yeah, I would just go forward with, with uh, Keenan Allen right now. I mean, we don't know what the timetable is on Luck. They yeah. thought he'd be ready for the season, then a couple weeks in, he wasn't on PUP. Who knows how long this is going to drag out, especially if they keep losing football games. So, uh uh, Allen looks good. He's healthy. He's, you know, it seems like those injuries, which were, were, you know, were kind of flukes. I mean, lacerated kidney, you know, who's, who expects yeah. that to happen? It was kind of freaky. So it uh, looks like he's back. He's good to go. And uh, he's a, I'll tell you what, speaking of daily, he's a guy I love this week because I think a lot of people are going to be scared off of uh, Marcus Peters and this Chiefs defense. But Allen's going to be on him like 10, 15% of the time. He's going to be up against Philip Gaines and, and Terrence Mitchell, inferior corners. Uh, so it could be kind of a, a tricky one, a contrarian play, if you will, uh, to fire up Allen this week. One more for you here when it comes to Daly, Mike, on the defensive side. Because everybody's running to the Miami Dolphins against the Jets again because the Jets are not good. But I'm, I'm looking a little bit towards the Philadelphia Eagles here. And I know uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s back, but that offense is so flat and so one-dimensional. And we saw what the Eagles did week one. They put up, I think it was 22 fantasy points against Washington. What about Eagles and, uh, versus the, the Giants? Because if you're looking like DraftKings, they're only 3000 bucks. Yeah, I like them a lot. I have the Browns in that conversation as mm. well. Same price. The, the Colts, uh, I'm with you. My only concern is uh, a key number here, which is 2-1, 21, and that is how many targets uh, Jalen Mills has allowed so far this season. That is most in the NFL. Uh, teams are going after him. Beckham is going to be on him quite a bit, as well as you know the other corners. It's a, Watkins is going to be out. Uh, McLeod is, is iffy for this game. Ronald Darby is still out. They have uh, problems in that secondary. And if Beckham beats them for a couple touchdowns, suddenly that's a, a bit of a knock on Philadelphia's mm. uh, special teams, of course. So that, that concerns me a little bit. But, but at the same time, the Giants, even with Beckham performing, have not been, been able to do anything else since the start of last season. So I'm with you. I think it's a top-five unit. All right, Mike, where can people uh, find your work? And, and what are you working on? You can plug whatever you like, man. Yeah, uh, at Mike Clay NFL on Twitter. Check that out. I usually uh, I'm shameless. I'll I'll, I'll uh, link to all my stuff. So check that out. Uh, Fantasy Focus Podcast tomorrow. I'll be on uh, doing some receiver corner stuff on Fantasy Football now in the morning, and then in the evening I'll be on Sports Center uh, breaking down the game action. So uh, yeah, just keep them busy, guys. It's week three. We're just uh, we're just getting started. Just getting started. At Mike Clay NFL on Twitter. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Anytime, fellas. Take care. All right. That is Mike Clay. Great insight there. We get ready. It's it's int- already. There's so much intrigue and 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 storylines of who does who does start. Who are those those sleeper guys with all the injuries or lack of production? Really, Micah also tweeted out uh, for Derrick Henry for uh, Scrizzy's uh, Titans yards after carry three point six, leading in the NFL so far for uh, backs with minimum twenty carries. How about that? 
If you have DeMarco Murray on your fantasy team, you Ooh. should be really worried. Man. Henry looks like a bell cow. Here's the thing. That's why they drafted him, right? In it the was, second round. It was a year to kind of progress, but now could we see that change? Or do both lose value because now you're kind of in that, starting to get into that committee. And with Corey Davis out this week, they're going to try to pound the ball against that Seahawks defense. To. Oh, you have to. You have to. All right, we're going to take the break after the commercials. We'll have Kean Fahey, contributor for ESPN and presnapreads.com. We'll look into all the storylines from around the NFL heading into week three. A lot more coming up. TSN 4 Downs. Welcome back to the show. This is TSN 4 Downs. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. Follow us on Twitter at TSN 4 Downs. TSN the number 4 Downs and at AndyMC81. We are delivered by Domino's, folks. The national carryout sale ends tomorrow. It ends Sunday. So still time to get it for your NFL game day. And what you do, you buy one pizza online, order online for carryout, get a second one for equal or lesser value for free. Free pizza. Gotta love it. We'll see if our next guest loves free pizza. Kean Fahey, contributor for ESPN and PreSnapStream.com. Kean, do you like uh, you like free pizza? <laughs> I do. Probably have too much of it, though. Right. <laughs> Kean, uh, we'll start briefly with this and get it out of the way. It's one, the top story link on ESPN, and then we'll get into some real football and break down some quarterbacks. Uh, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, outspoken and made lots of... Well, uh, outlandish claims, as he tends to do, about uh, players kneeling for the national anthem and the quality of play in the NFL. Uh, just just another odd odd look and, and something that's, uh, I don't know, that, that you didn't really maybe expect coming into uh, Saturday morning. Um, I think at this stage you kind of expect this all the time just because <laughs> it's, you don't know what to wake up to. But yeah. the, it, it's it's... You, you can see the difference between the NFL and the NBA very clearly when the NFL puts out a statement that says absolutely nothing and mm-hmm. LeBron James straight away can send in one tweet, responds stronger. And it, it, it's very frustrating to cover a sport and follow a sport that seems to be so disingenuous and so inconsiderate to its players. But this is where we are and there's not much we can do about it except wait and hope it, hope it plays out in such a way that the, player, the people who are right are, are found out to be right, and the people who are wrong are found out to be wrong. Yeah. In conversation with Kean Fahey, contributor for ESPN and presnapreads.com. Now, Kean, you are a, a quarterback X's and O's mastermind. So I want to get into so, and break down some of these quarterbacks so far. Early, you know, easy to say it's early and things can progress, and it might be an extended preseason at this point because of all the uh, lack of practices and, and player safety and all that. But. Let's start with Dak Prescott. The darling last year came out of nowhere last week. And, hey, you put some of it on Zeke Elliott, too, who only ran for eight yards against that nasty Denver Broncos defense. Uh, Two TDs, two interceptions. What have you been able to see Dak Prescott's development from last year to this season? And early on, should there be any concern? I'm not concerned about Dak at all, really. In week one, he was phenomenal. He had a couple of early wild misses, and that kind of colored the perception of his week one performance. But after those misses, he played it. He reminded me a lot of Peyton Manning, to be honest, with the way he was changing the plays and the way he was, the way he was making decisions so quickly and, and manipulating the defenses or manipulating the secondary and coverage and hitting, hitting windows at the right time. And that was a phenomenal performance in week one. Week two, to me, was less about the Cowboys and more about that Broncos defense. Right. Von Miller made Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins look like... They, he made them look like they were like, just terrible players. And they're obviously very, very good players. Like at one point, he made Tyron Smith look like a bad athlete. And Tyron Smith is one of the best athletes in the league. He's six foot five and 
can run with anyone, can move with anyone, can overpower anyone. And Miller was just dominating him. Jason Garrett needs to take a lot of blame for that game too, though. Ezekiel Elliott had eight yards, but they abandoned the run very early. They they, they became this one-dimensional passing game, and that allowed guys like uh, that allowed Von Miller to go off. But it also allowed the the Broncos to play really aggressive man coverage on the outside, and Akeem Talib kind of shut down Des Bryant. Uh, Chris Harris and Brad, Bradley Roby were both brilliant in their matchups as well, and that put a lot of pressure on Dak. Dak. Like his first interception obviously wasn't his fault. It hit Des Bryant's hands. I think the second one probably wasn't his fault either. I think it hit Von Miller on throughout. Now, that doesn't say a huge amount because he had two other plays where Akeem Tlaib dropped interceptions that would have been his fault. I'm not turning back overall. I think he just ran into a great Broncos defense, a defense that had its best game since week one last year and best game since the Super Bowl where they just completely dominated their opponents and put them in a situation where they couldn't really win. Yeah, and Kian, you're right. Sometimes you, you just have to tip the cap to the to the defense, and you have a, a, an off night. Two quarterbacks I want to go over with you here, and I think they're similar in the sense that we've seen such a change from last season to this year. I think largely because of the complementary running game and them being a little bit more aggressive uh, in pushing the ball downfield. That being Trevor Simeon and Jared Goff, who uh, look like completely different guys from a season ago. And when you have, uh, again, the, the, the running game you can actually lean on, it keeps defenses honest. So talk a little bit about Goff and, and Simeon, what you've seen so far. Well, Simeon is kind of an easy one to explain because literally take everything I just said about Dak and say the exact opposite. Yeah. Because in in the, that game against the Cowboys, their their secondary was, was missing pieces, but the secondary is also pretty bad. And it was very, very clear from very early in the game that Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders were going to have an easy day. They uh, Simeon on the first drive threw a, a five-yard pass to Demarius Thomas. That should have been a five-yard pass. It should have been come up and tackled. But the cornerback completely missed Thomas. He was able to run down the sideline for 20 yards. Then he went straight back to Emmanuel Sanders, threw another pass that would have been about a five-yard gain against the normal defense. Sanders caught the ball, could actually turn around standing still and look at three defenders in front of him and simply run away from them for another 20 yards. And that set up a relatively easy touchdown. And Simeon had another easy touchdown to Sanders late in the game when he did a horizontal double move after play action, and which, which made it a very easy pitch and catch. And it, for, for me, Simeon's numbers kind of look really, really spectacular. But all he did in that game was make the plays you'd expect a quarterback to make consistently. He didn't do very difficult things. He didn't do anything spectacular. So it's not really a, a game that I'm going to get excited about. It's, it's a fine game. It's a good game for him. It's something you expect him to do more often this year than he did last year. But it's not something we're going to say he's going to be a top-ten quarterback or anything like that. As for Goff, Goff is kind of in this weird position right now because he looks great. He is putting up great numbers, but... He's played a couple of bad defenses. He's, and that's kind of, it's a hard one to argue because it's not just a bad defense. He is legitimately playing well. But it's also, he was awful last year. Last year he yeah. would beat himself to the point that, he was, he, that the offense couldn't function. And he was doing it in a really bad offense. Jeff Fisher's offensive design is terrible and they were lacking talent. This year he's, kind of got, he's got a lot more talent with Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, Gerald Everett and Todd Gurley being used in the passing game. The scheme is a lot better and Goff has made a little bit of a stride. But... We're in a very dangerous position here because if we overstate how much Goff has, uh, has come forward, we're going to overstate him as an individual quarterback. He's still a below average to a bad quarterback as far as I'm concerned. He's just in a really good situation and playing a little bit better than he did last year. Uh, you, you saw it still the lingering issues like with the interception at the end of the Washington game that sealed the game for Washington. Yeah. And he's still, running, he's still running out of the back of pockets and dropping his eyes a little bit too often. But that, you see, that's the difficulty of that now. That sounds very negative. But you also have to say, from his rookie season to this year, the arrows pointed upward. So there are positives there, there are negatives there. 
Sure. And, and again, for each of these guys, if you have the defense you can lean on and the running game, it forces them not to have to do too much, right? And that's the perfect situation. Yeah, well, the Broncos have that defense. The Rams yeah. don't. The Rams' defense looks atrocious. Yeah. The, 39 the points to really the Niners. To, yeah, and the, and the Niners didn't even play well. Like The Niners <laughs> in, in the first half of that game were really ineffective, really inefficient. They kind of racked up the touchdowns in the second half. But the thing with the Rams' defense is... Wade Phillips must be going mad because he's been with the Broncos defense for the last couple of years where he's got veteran, disciplined players who are going to play their roles. Now he's in uh, Los Angeles and he's got guys like Alec Ogletree and Mark Barron who don't know where to be. They don't know how to get off blocks. And then he's got Mo Mo Alexander in the back of his secondary who is completely lost all the time. So the discipline and just the execution of the Rams defense right now is going to be a major problem moving forward. In conversation with Kean Fahey, a contributor for ESPN and presnapreads.com. One more for you here on quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, Houston Texans, uh, took him all of, what, uh, two quarters to get for Bill O'Brien to, to flip the switch again and, and get him in. Now, the last time we saw him, it was one of the uglier. We talked about how exciting last, uh, Thursday night game was this week. The last one was a 13-9 snoozer versus the Bengals. Now they go up against the New England Patriots, and Houston has played the Patriots tough. What are you expecting out of Deshaun Watson, a young quarterback who, not surprisingly, has been uh, wildly inconsistent and up and down, uh, but being effective in using his legs? Watson wasn't a guy I was a fan of coming out of college. No, he, has a ten- he has a massive tendency to miss deep, uh, deep throws when they're wide open, and he did that a couple of times last week. And he also doesn't really feel the pocket well. So that, those are major uh, ingredients for interceptions, for turnovers, and for leaving big plays on the field. And you saw that last week. If you take out that run where he ran for a touchdown, obviously a great play and a great yeah. run, but it's not really something you build an offense around. It's not sustainable. So if you take that out and just look at his performance outside of that one play, it was a really, really bad day out. And the Patriots are kind of the best defense. The Patriots' defense isn't very good. We saw that in week one. They were highlighted. The, the linebackers are extra- incredibly slow the defensive front is uh, susceptible to misdirection. And so the Chiefs were able to score over 40 points on them because of that. The problem is what, what, what the Patriots do well on defense is coaching. They prepare. They understand what they're facing. They understand how to counter it. And if you're going against uh, Deshaun Watson as Bill Belichick, you've no concerns because you know he's going to miss big plays downfield. Yeah. And you know if you can take away his first read, he's going to panic. So I don't really have any uh, hope for Watson. <laughs> then again, I, I have a tendency to say these things, and then they somehow come away and prove me wrong and win. But uh, right. I think the Texans' defense will give them confidence more than the quarterback. Yeah, they'll certainly lean on that. Uh, Kian, thank you so much for taking the time. Real pleasure talking with you. Thanks, man. All right, Kian Fay, contributor for ESPN and presnapsreads.com on Twitter. C-I-A-N-A-F. You can follow him, a great follow on Twitter. We're going to take the break, come back with our big three game predictions and also my daily sleeper picks for your fantasy football, whether it's league or, or some DraftKings. We'll mix it all in. Give you some tips to wrap up TSN 4 Downs coming up after the break. He bounces it left. Can he get the pile on? He does! Touchdown! Todd Gurley with number three. Jared has taken steps in the right direction, and uh, we'll continue to expect the same from him. But very, very proud of Jared for what he did tonight and helped his team accomplish a win. His second read is Watkins. Runs into the 49ers, and he broke the play but fumbled the football. Sammy Watkins has his second score as a Ram. Stop the hammering out there. Who's got a hammer? Where is it? 
Where's the hammer? Hoyer takes the snap. Looking, looking, throws one to the end zone. Batted up in the air. Intercepted by the Rams. Oh, what a Thursday nighter that was. Welcome back to Wrap Up. TSN 4 Downs here on TSN 1050, TSN 1150. We are delivered by Domino's, folks. Visit them at dominoes.ca. I'm Andy McNamara. Follow us on Twitter at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81. And this how is how you're going to win free Domino's pizza this week. So you like Domino's pizza? Of course you do. Of course you do. This is how you're going to win. I'm going to pin the podcast link to this show, to TSN4Downs, to my Twitter handle at AndyMC81. You have to follow at TSN4Downs and at Domino's Canada and retweet my pinned tweet at the, uh, let's say, you know what, Sunday by noon, I will do the draw. Random draw. Winner gets free Domino's Pizza. So follow at TSN4Downs, at Domino's Canada, and retweet my pinned tweet at AndyMC81 on Twitter for your chance to win free Domino's Pizza. All right, Chris, let's take a look around the NFL this week. The Big Three. There we go. And football starts early Sunday from London, England. 9.30 a.m. Eastern kickoff. Oh, the, they should just call them the London Jaguars. The Jags back in London are technically the home team welcoming in the Baltimore Ravens, whose defense has looked unstoppable, and they go up against another sub-tier opponent who, uh, well, Blake Bortles, he, he loves throwing interceptions, Chris. Uh, 39.5 is the over-under, 3.5 Baltimore as the favorite. I'm going Ravens all day. I know you can... Weird things can happen with that travel and, and going overseas. I think the Ravens cover that no problem. I, I'd go Ravens 7. Hey, remember that one week when the Jaguars were good? Yep. Forgot that pretty fast. All gone. And what, Fournette, I think, had 40 yards rushing last week? Yeah. They come back down to earth pretty quick. That plus Allen Robinson's hurt. I don't see how the Jaguars move the ball in this game. I am taking the Ravens and the under. And the Ravens are, that defense, like the offense isn't overwhelming with Joe Flacco Still working his way back. Like it's a very vanilla offense right now, but that defense, they're going to run all over Blake Bortles. I'm picking another like two, three interceptions too. Okay, so we agree. We'll go Ravens. All these games, by the way, you can hear on TSN 1050. Seahawks at Titans. Now, Scrizz, your Tennessee Titans have not looked quite, quite what we expected uh, early from Marcus Mariota, but they do. Uh, host the Seattle Seahawks, and hey, you can say the same thing about that Seahawks offense. Very, very underwhelming. Over-under is 41. The Titans are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. See, that surprises me. I'm not, I'm not used to the Titans getting a lot of love. Yeah. Like, they're, they're never favored in these type of games, but that Seahawks O-line is disastrous. It's really bad. I it's think really Derek bad. Morgan and Brian Arakpo could go off in a game like this. Well, the thing is, too, like with Seattle, the running game is pretty much Russell Wilson, right? Like it's just a, a by-committee disaster right now. Well, They're Chris, not putting Chris up Carson. Chris Carson put him 93 yards last week on 20 carries. Yeah. That's, so it gives them a little bit of hope? For now, but that's one, one time by one guy, right? Like it's, it's so inconsistent. I assume they'd go back to him, but now you have tape on him. Titans defense is pretty good. It's okay. You know? It's not good, but it's okay. 41, I'm taking the under on the 41. It's going to be an ugly game. Oh, it's going to yeah. be a lot of um, a lot of ball control. You're not going to see a lot of passes going through the air just because whether it's the lack of receivers for the Seahawks and the O-line play. Yeah. I think the Titans are going to just try to run the ball, keep the offense off the field of the Derrick Seahawks. Henry. 
Yeah, it's going to be a Derrick Henry heavy game. Um, I'm expecting like a 17-13, 13-10 type of game. Yeah, I'm thinking low, but I'll go the other way, and I think the Seahawks are going to pull it out ugly. This is when they start they start flipping the switch. I think the Titans are going to pull it out ugly. We disagree. <laughs> it, but it's going to be ugly. That we agree on. Yes. Yeah, take yes, the yes, under, yes. folks, at 41. Okay, uh, last game, Raiders in to face Washington. Oakland 2-0, Redskins 1-1. That's the Sunday nighter again here on TSN 1050. And, man, Kirk Cousins has uh, not looked like the guy that we expected coming out of last year into another contract year. Every year he's in a contract year. You have Amari Cooper banged up but should be playing, and Michael Crabtree. Like, Scriz, it was last year everyone wanted Cooper, and Crabtree would just quietly put up points. Now it seems like Crabtree has really leapfrogged Cooper as the guy and the main target for Derek Carr, who's looked phenomenal. Well, Amari Cooper's going to see the better corner. He's going to get the attention because he's the better athlete He's this faster, time career, he's stronger, yeah. but yeah. he's going to see double coverage most of the time. So it leaves a stud. People forget Michael Crabtree was a top three pick in his draft year. He was, oh, he was, yeah, like back when. Out of Texas Tech, I'm pretty sure San Francisco took him third overall. Back he was back in the day, he was the guy, and now he's revitalized himself in Oakland over the past couple of years. And, but that offense is so complicated because of that O line mm-hmm. and Marshawn Lynch in the backfield. Like you can't, it's so hard to plan around the Raiders because they can beat you in so many different yeah. ways. And Marshawn had his first touchdown as a Raider last week, and you can mix in Jalen Richard a little bit there too. And Derek Carr is just. Just been a complete step. Couldn't even tell he was hurt last oh, year. No, not at all. No, like him and Mariota. Him and Mariota coming back, I thought we're both going to be risers. And there's still a chance for, for Mariota just off to a slower start. Raiders, three point favorites over the Redskins. Again, now it's on the roll, but I'll go I'll go Oakland all day. That Redskins offense has showed me next to nothing. Yeah, and they don't really like I think Rob Kelly, he has bruised ribs. Mm. I don't know if he's playing, he's a game time decision. So they're gonna play Samaj Perrine at running back. I just I, that was an ugly game that the Redskins won last week. Well, it was over the Rams, and and that's why early you have to take into account who the opponents are. The Raiders are so much more polished than the Rams were. Yeah, the Redskins aren't going to be able to run for 170, 180 yards on the Raiders like they did to the Rams last week. No, and the Rams defense is not great, and Kirk Cousins only put up 179 yards through the air in a touchdown. Well, when you run that much, you don't have to yeah. throw that much. But that's the thing. Like Last year, the way he finished off, Kirk Cousins was poised to be a gunslinger this year, to be the guy, right? And he's just not feeling it yet. The only thing that worries me about this game is that the Raiders have so many injuries at cornerback mm. that maybe a guy like um, Terrell Pryor could get going in this type of game. Boy, but, what a what, what a disappointment! So many people taking Terrell Pryor early in their fantasy drafts. Yeah, he's Woo. been yeah he's been a bum so far. He has not been very good. Jamison Crowder, for, uh, from a PPR perspective, could be a nice little um, value too. He at least is getting targets. Had four catches in that win over the Rams. But I still think we're both going Raiders, aren't we? Oh yeah, I think like they're going to score thirty points. I'll I'll go Raiders by yeah again three points. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that easy. Have to. For sure. Okay, so those are the big three. You can hear all those games on TSN 1050. And there's one other one on the station too, right, Skriz? Yep, Giants and Eagles. Giants and Eagles. I think we're both on the Eagles for that one. Uh, Yeah, let's go Eagles. All right. (laughs) Let's go Eagles. Uh, Real quick before we break, I want to get to a couple of my sleeper fantasy picks here. And you can catch uh, my article on DK Playbook. So DraftKings.com under the Playbook section. I have my sleeper picks up for this week going into week three. Uh, Real quick, I'm going Rashard Higgins. 4000 bucks. play for the Browns. He uh, came off the practice squad and was lights out. Has chemistry with rookie QB Deshaun Kaiser. And... 
He has sure hands. Everyone else is dropping everything for the Browns. So he's going to go back from 4000 bucks, going from the practice squad to a WR1 on the depth chart. So pick him up. Trevor Simeon, even though it's against the Buffalo D, I like what he's been able to do, and that run game keeps defenses honest. You have to. So Trevor Simeon, $5,500. Think what you can do with the rest of that uh, salary cap space if you spend it on Trevor Simeon. No Marcel Darius for the Bills that game either. There you go. There you go. Uh, defense, I mentioned earlier, Philadelphia Eagles, 3000 bucks, Little banged up, but I'm not buying the Giants. The Giants are going to have to show me that, even with Odell, that they can do something. So I think the Eagles, everybody else in daily is going to be going with the Dolphins. The Eagles might be your smart play to try to get those differential points. And track this now. Track them. Make sure he's going to play. Austin Safarian Jenkins, the most awkward name in football for the New York Jets. Coach Todd Bowles of the Jets said, hey, he wasn't too pleased after coming off the suspension with his conditioning, but he was a monster in preseason. They were heaping praise on him. He's 6'5", 262, chain mover, red zone target for Josh McCown. Who else are they going to throw to? Bilal Powell? He stinks this year. Austin Safarian Jenkins, 3000 bucks, but track him. Make sure he's going to actually play. Uh, that could be a real steal, and there's some, uh, some upside there. Boomer bust. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. Remember, to win free Domino's Pizza, retweet my pinned tweet that will be coming up later on, and I'll make the draw Sunday at noon to win free Domino's Pizza on Twitter at AndyMC81. For producer Mike Skrzniak and Sean Lavery, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN 4 Down.